What is going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 20 of the Big Fly Poverty Coast. Christian Myers and myself, Ty Lewin. We're going to finish out the AL West here with the recap of each of the last three teams with the Rangers, A's, and Angels. We're going to get into a little bit of a fun segment, a little bit of March Madness that we'll get into a little bit later. And uh, if we have time, we're going to get into the WBC a little bit. Uh, and maybe some weekend uh, matchups for college baseball. But before we get into anything, Christian, what's up, dude? How are you? I see the big dookie on the chest. That could be taken many different ways there. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to guess your Blue Devils did okay. Blue Devils did well. Yeah, nice 20-plus point win to start the tournament um, in a game that I was actually nervous about because Oral Roberts is pretty good. Um, but Duke pulled it out, and they won. March so, Madness has uh, had its uh, craziness already, right? With Furman and uh, is it Furman and Princeton? Furman and Princeton, yep. Crazy, ridiculous. It was like nobody could pick even a number one team this year based on everything that was going on. Um, we will hopefully have a surprise guest here in a little bit. Uh, kind of an interesting uh, segment he or she will be a part of, uh, but we'll get all to that in here. Uh, in a little bit, folks. But let's go ahead and just go right into it because we have a lot to get to this show. We're going to start with uh, recapping the last three teams in the AL West, starting with the Texas Rangers. We're going to roll through this a little bit quicker, folks, than we normally do uh, as we do want to get to our main segment here today. So looking at the projected lineup for the Rangers here in the 2023 season, uh, season Marcus Simeon, over at second base, looking to have a bounce back year compared to his last season. Corey Seager at short. Nate Lowe over at first base. Adolis Garcia, big-time player, could have a breakout year in the outfield. Jonah Heem over at, uh, at catcher. Robbie Grossman, a pickup for them in the outfield. Josh Jung over at third base, picked him up in fantasy baseball this week. Need him to have a big year. Brad Miller, man in the DH position, and Bubba Thompson managing the outfield as well. Jacob DeGrom, Martin Perez, John Gray, Nathan Avaldi, and Andrew Heaney, a pitching rotation that that not many would have predicted to be uh, seeing here in the 2023 season, but free agency was something that the Rangers took full advantage of, of bringing in uh, a big contract in DeGrom, keeping Perez on a qualifying offer, uh, bringing in Avaldi along with Heaney, uh, and then John Gray's second season with the team. Anybody to watch out for here in the uh, uh, prospects for the Rangers, Christian? Well, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, two names, and they're both pitchers who both came from Vanderbilt, and that's Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker, who the Rangers, I mean, super lucky to have been able to land Rocker the way that that whole thing shaped out. And you got – a starting rotation right now that is solid. And I say that loosely just because it's only two guys from last year's rotation that are returning. And then you have a couple guys there that are at the back end who are on shorter deals. And you have these two pitchers that are going to be primed and ready to go probably by next year, if not sometime in the middle of the summer this year and all the hype around uh lighter is there for a really good reason he'll be a stud rocker I th i'm sure will be pretty good too so in the rangers organization those are the two names that jump off the bat right away 
yeah, hopefully see him here in a couple seasons. Going over to the Oakland A's, a team that a lot of rumors going around going to Vegas here in the next couple of years that I think a lot of people would be very, very happy for, uh, maybe even people that are in Oakland as well. Looking at this starting lineup, Anthony Kemp over at second base, Ramon Lariano in uh, center field, Seth Brown over at first base, Jesus Aguilar, a free agency pickup for them, man in the DH position, Jace Peterson over at third base, Shea Langlers over uh, manning the backstop, Connor Capel in the outfield, Nick Allen at short, Estery Ruiz uh, manning the outfield as well. Starting rotation-wise, Paul Blackburn, solid arm, Shintaro Fujinami, not bad, Sec- in the second hole. James Caprilian in the third hole. Drew Rasinski in the fourth spot in the rotation. JP Sears, man, in the fifth spot. Um, yeah, let's talk about prospects because there's really not much else to talk about uh, with this team here, uh, Christian. No, I mean, a lot of that big league team is really prospects that are graduating and Sears and Langoliers, especially Sears, a big Yankees prospect that they got in the A's deal. Langoliers from Atlanta in that Sean Murphy trade. But one guy that's going to be in the minors for a little bit is Max Muncy, who same name, same birthday, same draft slot as the Dodgers, Max Muncy in the smallest of worlds. But kid came out of high school uh, from Thousand Oaks in California and is a Great shortstop. I mean, some really good hands for being only 19, 20 years old. Um, He's going to fast track to the big leagues, I think. And it'll be exciting to see it when he does. So keep an eye on Max Muncy in a couple years for Oakland. Great pick there. All right, moving over to the Angels to finish out our AOS breakdown. Looking at their lineup, Taylor Ward uh, in right field. Most likely, Mike Trout manning the center field position. Shohei Otani, big, big storyline around him this year as they look to re-sign him, or will he be one of the biggest uh, free agents in the history of baseball? Anthony Rondon over at third base hopefully has a healthy year. Hunter Renfro uh, in left or right, depending on uh, what they're going to do there. Brandon Drury, a free agency acquisition for them over at second base. Jared Walsh over at first. Logan Ohope, a big prospect for them, uh, manning the backstop. And then David Fletcher over at short rotation wise Shohei, of course at the top of the number one spot patrick sandoval in the two spot tyler anderson uh one of their big free agency pickups this offseason in the third spot was a suarez in the fourth and reed detmers in the fifth spot christian overall prospects this team anything to add here looking at the angels here in the 2023 season no i think you hit the nail on the head with oh hope or oh however you say his name um I mean, I think that's going to be a guy who is going to need to play well right away for them and is going to be getting kind of his first real taste of big league action, uh, possibly as soon as opening day. So if that does happen, that's going to be a real key and somebody that people can watch immediately. Beautiful. All right. That rounds out our AL West breakdown. Okay. Now let's get into a really fun segment here that we're both smiling about. And and, uh, again, we're early in this show, guys. We don't obviously never done this before in reference to podcasting until now. So we're kind of throwing ideas out here just to have more fun uh, with this podcast. So the way that this is going to work is we're doing a March Madness format. We're going to have 16 teams and it's going to be teams that Christian and I 
thought of that we believe were the best 16 teams since 1996, my birth year, uh, that would be um, considered the best teams of all t- uh, of the last up uh, since 96 that are all World Series winners. Um, and so we ranked them one through 16 uh, and made a little bracket. So what we're going to do is, is that I'm going to go or Christian's going to go through his top of the bracket um, and then I'm going to go through my bottom uh, and then we'll get down to the last two spots. Uh, and then what we're going to do is hope to God that somebody's going to answer the phone call. Uh, may even have to go to my fiance to try and sell her. But when we go down to our last uh, to our winners that come out of each of these pools, uh, we're going to go into a, a little bit of a uh, what do you call a discussion uh, and try and convince the individual that we are going to call or bring into the room uh, uh, as to why they should be uh, the best team out of this entire March Madness. So uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm excited. And uh, what Christian, I think I'm going to do is I'm just going to roll through each of these matchups and you just let me know. And then I'll roll through mine. Uh, and we'll get down to the nitty gritty and then uh, we'll make the call. So uh, starting with the one and 16 matchup, could we see an upset here with the 98 Yankees being our number one overall seed versus the 2006 Cardinals? Christian, who do you have winning the wild card matchup to move on to the next round? Yeah, so Ty, this is Ty's pick in the 98 Yankees. And my pick was the 06 Cardinals. And when you, you know, looking at, at these teams, there's a clear-cut winner, and that's the 98 Yankees. There's no way that the 06 Cardinals could even sniff with the who's on the Yankees. And I'm going to save a detailed breakdown for later because I think they might make it all the way. But that's who I've got game one is the 98 Yankees. All right, moving on to our 8-9 matchup with the 07 Red Sox after winning their second World Series uh, in the early 2000s. And then the 2015 Royals having one of the best bullpens probably in this entire entire bracket and tournament. Christian, who are we seeing moving along here? Yeah, this one, I mean, requires a little bit of, of a breakdown because, like you said, that Royals bullpen really was good, and they had a lot of of good starting pitching as well with, you know, the late Jordano Ventura and a lineup that featured Hosmer and Salvi when they were kind of in their primes, um, along with Alex Gordon when he was really going off. Um, but that 07 Red Sox team, I mean, you still had David Ortiz was still there. Uh, Pedroia was there. You know, you got these guys that could swing it really well and probably would give that bullpen a a run for their money. But I'm going to go with the 2015 Royals to come out victorious in this 8-9 matchup. So we have our first little upset of the bracket. Shocking uh, to see that. All right, moving on to our 5-12 matchup with the 0-2 Angels. Uh, versus the 01 Diamondbacks uh, going consecutive years here uh, with the 01 Diamondbacks being the 12th seed and the Angels being the fifth seed. What are we seeing here, Christian? Yeah, I mean, we're seeing a a true battle because it's the Angels lineup against the Diamondbacks pitching. But with that Diamondbacks pitching and Kurt Schilling and Randy Johnson leading it off and then the little bit of makeshift bullpen that those Diamondbacks had before they brought in BK Kim, at the end of the game, 
especially with the heart of the angels order being full of right-handed bats and, you know, salmon and gloss. I'm taking another upset and I'm going Oh one diamondbacks over the Oh two angels. Wow. Okay. All right. And to remind everyone, uh, the way that we are doing this is basically these teams are all playing a three game series. Um, and we're basing it off of each of these matchups. Okay, for Christian's final matchup here in the wild card round is the 2009 Yankees versus the 2010 Giants is the 13th seed with the Yankees being the fourth seed. Christian, what are we seeing here? Are we seeing the Giants move along as they seem to do for many, many years there in the early 2010s? Or do the 09 Yankees, after a little bit of a quote-unquote uh, slump there for a couple of years, according to probably many Yankee fans. Uh, what are we seeing there? We're seeing the Yankees move on. I don't think this one really requires a whole lot of depth and insight. Um, the the pitching staff that they had back then with Sabathia, uh, Pettit, A.J. Burnett, Jabba Chamberlain, it, it moves on. It beats beats the Giants. So, 09 Yankees, send them to the Elite Eight. Bingo. All right. So, now on to my matchup. So, I start here at the top with the number six and a number 11 matchup. Number six seed being the 2005 White Sox and number 11 being the 2008 Phillies. Now, looking at this matchup, you think about, okay, the 08 Phillies obviously had some of the greatest bats of our generation with Rollins, Utley, uh, Ryan Howard. Uh, but looking at the White Sox, if we're talking about a three-game series, I'm looking at that rotation uh, as being the winner here. And you just look at what they had with Mark Burley, Garland, um, you know, Hernandez, Freddie Garcia. Uh, you know, they had the classic four uh, complete game shutouts um, or four complete games. I believe they were either shutouts or they're very, very close. So I'm taking the 05 White Sox, uh, taking down the uh, Phillies of to, from 2008. On to the 314 matchup, which is just a hysterical matchup because Christian wrote this bracket and probably did this to make me really feel terrible about myself once again. Thanks, dude. I have the 2016 Cubs as the number three overall seed. And at the 14th seed, the 2003 Marlins. So I have what was the worst year of my life and then the best year of my life because we deal with the 03 Marlins and the whole debacle that happened with the Cubs uh, in the NLCS um, from the Alex Gonzalez butch ball to the Steve Bartman incident. Um, for that case, I'm going to go with uh, the 2016 Cubs because I don't want to see the Marlins even make it across the bracket here. I am going to take this personal, but if you're looking at this, the Marlins do have a case with some of the pitchers that they have with guys like Josh Beckett, but the 2016 Cubs were just lineup wise, top to bottom were so dominant. Um, and of course with Arietta Hendricks, Lester, uh, and some of the arms that they had, they had a lot of success there. So I'm taking the 2016 Cubs as number three overall seed moving on. Uh, they'll be facing the 05 white Sox in the next round. Uh, number seven and number 10 matchup got the 04 Red Sox and the 1996 Yankees, the 04 Red Sox being the seventh seed and the Yankees of 96 being uh, the 10th seed. I'm taking the Red Sox just based on the uh, ability for them to go out there uh, with Kurt Schilling and Pedro Martinez is at one, two spot. 
um, in the rotation. I just think that they were just so incredibly dominant um, and obviously had, of course, the magical run and everything. Uh, but you look at that lineup with Ortiz and Manny, they just had too many studs in that lineup. So I'm taking the Red Sox from 04. Finally, the last matchup that we have here in the opening round in the num- uh, with the 2-15 and 15 seed, which seems in March Madness these days, seems to be bringing a ton of upsets. Not going to see one here. I got the two seed being the 2022 Astros with the 15th seed being the 2000 Yankees. The Yankees, of course, had an incredible run from 1998 to 2000, winning three World Series in a row. Uh, But when you look at the 2022 Astros with their lineup, with everything that they offered, just like with the Cubs, I'm not going to get too far in depth as to why they may be my pick. But I'm going to take the 2022 Astros as number one at number two seed moving along to face on the number seven seed, the 04 Red Sox. All right. Now let's move along to our next round here uh, in our DS round. Okay. So we have uh, for Christian's bracket up here at the top, we have the 98 Yankees as the number one overall seed versus the 2015 Royals as a number nine seed. The Royals had a fun year. What are we seeing here, Christian? Let's see who gets the first. Uh, who is the first winner going on in the championship series here in our bracket? Again, I don't even think that this one's really close. I think the 98 Yankees would destroy the 2015 Royals. So I'm going to move on with the 98 Yankees on this one. 98 Yankees moving along. Are they sweeping both their series so far too? Is that what you're yeah, saying? Is there's not even not they're they're six and zero here in the tournament? Okay, they're six right. and zero. Six and zero with and a couple couple matchups that shouldn't even happen. All right, moving along here to our already upset with the number twelve seed, the two thousand one D backs, um, with the number four seed, the two thousand nine Yankees. Um, interested to see what you uh, have to say here this one yeah this one's not as clear of a favorite for me as you might think it would be um just because of again how good that pitching rotation was for the yankees and with the diamondbacks you know i know i had to move on quick against the angels in the last round based on their pitching but here it's kind of a real battle because looking at the diamondbacks pitching rotation from that year You know, they really had the two horses at the top in big unit and Kurt Schilling. And after that, it kind of fizzled out a little bit. Whereas with the Yankees, you had three real dominant starters. And I mean, you had a dominant lineup for this Yankees team too, but guys were starting to get a little bit older and, um, you know, go over the hill in baseball terms. So I think it kind of just boils down to who would have the longevity to, play out one of those a three game set against each other that would be real I mean you know just shove it down your throat every game and see who can score first and hold the lead but at the end of the day I think I've got to give this one to the 09 Yankees and set up a 09 Yanks versus 98 Yanks in my uh, elite eight here all righty Okay, so we now have our top of the bracket ready with the division uh, division series round, um, which should be very interesting. Um, now let's go on to my side of the bracket here with the number six seed with the 2005 White Sox taking on the 2016 Chicago Cubs with the number three seed. 
okay, how do I not get biased here? So here's my whole thing. So if I'm looking at the starting rotations, right, I look at uh, Kyle Hendricks, Jake Arrieta, John Lester. That's basically kind of what you're looking at from the uh, rotation wise. When you look at the White Sox, you have, uh, you know, with from the rotation, you have, of course, Garland, Freddie Garcia, uh, Jose Contreras to, uh, you know, of course, Mark Burley. It gets tough. Now, what you have to look at from there then is the lineups. And so I look at the lineups and I'm saying, okay, if I got Juan Uribe, Uribe, I'm even butchering his name at short. Then I got Addison Russell at short. I look at left field and Scott Besednik uh, for left field for the Cubs. That majority of the season was, what was that majority? So it was, let's say it's Schwarber. Uh, if he doesn't get hurt and he's in that spot, I look at thing of, you know, let's say right field, they beat us there. First base Canerico versus Rizzo. That's a whole debate. Uh, DH though, you had Contreras or Schwarber. Um, man, this is tough. This is really tough. I'm going to lean with the Cubs. Um, and I think my reasoning behind it is, is that I think the lineup is just much, much better from the standpoint of the ability to withstand that three game series against that great rotation. Um, I'm probably going to get a lot of slack for this, but again, that's my pick. I got the 2016 Cubs moving along here as the number three seed. And then the 04 Red Sox is number seven seed with number two with the 2022 Astros. Um, Man, this is tough, but I mean, when you look at the Astros and what they have from lineup from rotation wise, the 04 Red Sox, you can go out there with Pedro and you can go out there with Kurt Schilling. But we saw with the Astros lineup pretty much for the last few years that any of these star pitchers that go out there and pitch against these uh, pitch against the Astros, it's very difficult for them to have any uh, for pitchers to have success uh, for even more than six, seven innings. So I'm taking the 2022 uh, Astros to take down the Red Sox. To take on a number two and number three matchup, a uh, kind of predictable matchup we saw here in this round. But on the flip side, sort of a interesting matchup here at the top for the division uh, for, um, I guess this would technically be our championship series, would be the 98 Yankees is number one overall seed and the number four seed being the 2009 Yankees. So what are we seeing here, man? I mean, how how do the how do the oh nine Yankees get through uh, beating out one of the best teams to ever come across a baseball diamond? Dude, well, a couple things first. I said we were moving to the elite eight in our last round for this round, and this is our final four actually. But I'm watching the A and M Penn State game right now, and they just had an elite eight um, thing come up on the ticker, so. That was a mistake there. Second off, I can't believe that you took the 04 Red Sox out like that. That hurts. No, so, it yeah. is what it is. Um, but anyway, now moving in, I'll I'll start going a little bit in depth here on these 98 Yankees because I've let them just squeak by the last couple of rounds without much thought. But now it comes to be a little bit of a thought because – when you look at the 98 Yankees lineup, they had a couple of guys in Posada and Jeter who were still on that team 
11 years later in uh, 2009. But this Yankees lineup back in 98, I mean, looking at the pitching staff and the pitching staff alone, you have David Cohn had 20 wins. David Wells had 18 wins. Andy Pettit with 16 wins. Hideki Irabu with 13 and then Orlando Hernandez with 12 wins. So you've got a full staff right there that's in double-digit wins, which is unbelievable. And for the most part, I mean, they have pretty decent ERAs. You know, Pettits is a little high at a 4-2-4, but everybody else was, you know, at right just above a 4 or below which is impressive. And this lineup is, is um, incredible. I mean, with Scott Brocious in that lineup, Daryl Strawberry still hanging around in that lineup. Um, you know, you had some guys there that, that were studs. And then you flip it over to this 09 Yankees team with still with Jeter. They had A-Rod, Robbie Cano in that lineup. Um, Mark Teixeira had come over from Texas by then and was – in that lineup and they could absolutely swing it in back in 09. Um, and even on the pitching side, you know, not near as good as it was in 98, but you still had a pretty good starting staff. Um, like I already mentioned with Sabathia Burnett and Pettit heading it at the top and then Jabba in the back of it, uh, Chen Ming Wong in the back of it you know, guys that, that could throw real well. So I really want to take the upset here. So that way the 98 Yankees don't go, but I'm going 98 Yankees into the championship round. Beautiful. All right. We got our top got top team on uh Christian side. Now looking at my final matchup, uh, here in my bracket for the championship series, move along to the World Series is the number three overall seed, 2016 Cubs, and the number two seed, the 2022 Astros. Um, well, you look at the Cubs, obviously the significance of their win and everything. If we're taking that out of the picture and looking at their rotation and their offense um, during, of course, that playoff, you know, playoff series and over the year. Um, they had a lot of dominance from guys, of course, like Chris Bryant and uh, Javi Baez and and uh, and others as well. Of course, Fowler leading there at the top. Um, but you just felt as if that a lot of things were going right that year and a lot of things were happening. Of course, you know, they get a role as Chapman at the deadline. Um, but the Cubs always kind of put you in a scary position. I don't know if that's just being a fan of the team or just the way it was. Um, but the Cubs really pulled it together that year. But if I'm looking at a team that is going to face off against the Yankees and compete, uh, I'm looking at the 2022 Astros. I look at their lineup. I look at their pitching rotation. You have Justin Verlander, Framir Valdez, Christian Javier, um, Luis Garcia. I mean, just arm after arm after arm. Their bullpen with Ryan Presley um, and some of the other younger arms that they had in that bullpen. Um I, it was just incredibly dominant, and you felt as if every time they stepped onto the field that they were going to win the ball game. Of course, with their lineup, don't even get me started. Started with Jordan Alvarez, um, you know, with a over a thousand OPS on the year. Kyle Tucker coming right behind him with thirty homers, um, with an eight hundred OPS. Uh, Jose Altuve obviously having an amazing year. 
um, with a 300 average. Alex Bregman had a quote unquote down year and still had 20 over 20 home runs. Jeremy Pena, of course, being the uh, playoff MVP, had over a 600 average. He was unbelievable. And of course, the one of the best uh, when you think about defensively, you think about Martin Maldonado, Chas McCormick, uh, Yuli Gurriel over at first base, and then they add guys like Mancini, Brantley. Um, it just, it, it, it speaks for itself with what they had and what they were able to do during the year. I mean, Verlander had under two ERA. It was just incredible season. Um, I don't see how the Cubs pull it out against this team. So I'm taking the, uh, 2022 Astros as my final team moving into, uh, the number two overall, uh, or, or into the world series as the number two overall seed to face off against the number one overall seed, the 98 Yankees. So Here's how we are going to decide the winner of the overall world series. So I just got a notification, Christian, we have 10 minutes left. So we're probably not going to get to the rest of the segments here, which is fine folks. Cause uh, our budget's low and we can't be affording, uh, you know, the zoom packages, but uh, we're going to call a couple different people and we're going to make our argument as to why our team was better uh, than, than their team. So, we're going to start off with our one of our very good friends, Mark Waldron. We're going to get him on the phone here. And if he answers, uh, we will go through both both our pitches. Uh, Christian will go first with being the number one overall seed, and I will go second. Okay? All right, let's give Mark a call. If he doesn't answer, we're off to another good friend of ours, uh, and uh, we'll get to him in case we need him. So Mark just texted us saying, no, LOL, sorry. So he is unavailable. Come on, Kyle. Okay, so now on to our actual friend, Kyle May. I'm going to give him a ring. He is, uh, I'm interested to see his reaction to this. Hopefully he answers. Hopefully he's not at a bar either. All right, Kyle, you're on our podcast. How are you, pal? Hey, how's it going? It's going, buddy. It's going. I'm with Christian. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for having hey, me. Hey, Kyle. Yep. So uh, calling you out of the blue, um, we have seven minutes and 50 seconds left in our recording. Since we can't, okay. can't uh, our budget hasn't allowed us to afford the Zoom packages that get the kids the hour and 30 minutes for you to show them how to do the gym class. So... <laughs> So uh, what we're doing here is we're doing a little March Madness, okay? So right. how this works is, is that we're doing the best teams that won a World Series since 96. And what we've done is that we've gotten down to our top two teams. So Christian did one half of the bracket. I did the other half of the bracket. And we have our two teams. And so what the, the rule is is that we have to argue as to why our team deserves – to be the overall champion of the bracket. Uh, and you're the deciding factor. So Christian's going to give his pitch as to why his team is uh, we're not. And, and Christian, the rule is, is that 
we can't talk about the other team. We can only talk about our team. So, so cause Christian or so Kyle doesn't know which team we're talking about. Okay. Uh, okay. So Christian has the number one overall seed as his uh, team. I won't say who it is. I'll let, let him say uh, we we're down to six minutes and 35 seconds. So probably a minute to a minute, 30 pitch. And then you give your deciding factor. Um, and just remember we are college roommates. Okay. Go ahead, Christian. Yep. All right, Kyle, we got the 1998 Yankees coming at you here with a starting rotation of David Wells, David Cohn, Hideki Arabu, Orlando Hernandez, and Andy Pettit, who the worst one out of that starting rotation won 12 games that year. Okay, that's the absolute worst. Then you get into the bullpen, and you've got some absolute dogs out of the bullpen. You've got Brett Tomko coming at you. You've got – oh, wait, shit. I'm looking at the wrong year. Um, out of your bullpen, you have got Joe Borofsky, and then you get Mike Stanton, and then you turn it over to Mariano Rivera. And then when you look at this lineup, you're looking at a young Jorge, a young Jeter, an old Daryl Strawberry who still puts out 24 home runs a year. Tino Martinez in his prime and a middle of the road, Bernie Williams, right before he really starts to blossom. So that's the team that you're looking at that. Where do you go wrong in that lineup? You have a killer starting rotation that turns it over to a couple guys in the middle of the bullpen. And then you hand the ball to Mo and then your lineup is a bunch of young studs or guys that are in their peak right during this year. And that that is what you need to think about, is you have these young guys that'll last a whole series of grinding and a starting rotation where the worst pitcher won 12 games. So now, Ty, it's your turn. Try and beat that. Okay. All right, Kyle. Just remember, we're college roommates. Um, so yeah, my number – I took uh, – I, I know I, I could have really – won this thing by picking the team that I know you wanted me to pick, but I did not pick them. I'm sorry. I have the number two overall seed being the 2022 Astros. And so with the 2022 Astros, you have one of the best starting rotations, obviously in all of baseball with Framer Valdez, Justin Verlander, uh, Luis Garcia, uh, future Cy Young winner and Christian Javier, um, you know, Jose, your Quidi on the back end of the rotation, who's still, you know, put up a hell of a year with a 3.94 ERA. Uh, of course, with Justin Verlander, he had a one under a two ERA this uh, this past year with winning the Cy Young. Lineup wise, Jordan Alvarez, one obviously one of the top five baseball players uh, in the MLB. Kyle Tucker, one of the most premier athletes in all of baseball, um, with obviously with over thirty home runs, he'll have obviously probably a 30-30 year this year as well. Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, obviously premier franchise players that literally have transformed baseball and are one of the most are two of the most feared bats in all of baseball. Jeremy Pena, who's a future hall of famer who hit over a 600 average in the playoffs, Martin Maldonado, probably most likely the best defensive catcher in all of baseball. And then Chaz McCormick over in center field as well. Um, you think about when they went into the playoffs with who they face with the Yankees, they completely dismantled them. Um, with the Phillies, the Phillies had all that magic. They completely 
uh, took down the Phillies in reference to just taking them down in ways that they needed to. When you look at their bullpen, I think the bullpen is where it gets like super scary for the Strohs is they had Brian Abreu had under a two ERA on the year. Ryan Stanek, who had a 1.15 ERA on the year, both over 50 game uh, appearances. Hector Hector Nariz, uh, and then Rafael Montero, who was one of the most electric picture, pitchers in all of uh, the playoffs. He had a 2.37 ERA, probably even a better during the playoffs. Uh, and then Ryan Presley with a 2.98 ERA. My final uh, reasoning as to why the Astros are the best team in, in the entire uh, in this entire bracket is the fact that they did throw a no hitter in the world series um, with throwing their four best guys. And so if you're able to take down the, you know, obviously the other best opponent in the entire playoffs, no hit them. I don't foresee how any other team is going to uh, defeat them in reference to this bracket. So those are our picks. We have a minute 57 left. Give us your pick. And um, Oh yeah. We were college roommates. Okay. Go ahead. My friend. Okay, so here's the interesting thing about both your teams. You're kind of picking teams from two different eras of baseball, right? You got late 90s versus, like, current-day baseball, which is two very different sides. However, I'm basing my picks off of who I think would win in a series, right? If we had the 98 Yankees versus the 22 Astros. Three-game series. Yep. If those were to match up in, like, a seven-game series. I would pick the 98 Yankees to two Astros in a seven-game series. And here's why. Minute 15 left. Minute 15 left. Minute 15 left. Okay, call me old school, but I'm a big fan of starting rotations. Okay? Now, there's no doubt the Astros have some dogs in that rotation. But you look at that starting rotation of the Yankees, I mean, who's beating that rotation in a seven-game series? There's hardly any teams who are doing that. From Pettit to Rabu to Cone to Orlando Hernandez, just dog after dog after dog after dog. I think... Between those four guys, there's no way you're scoring more than, I don't know, three runs on a given night against any one of those guys. So, for that reason, I give the edge to the Yankees. And then you look at the Yankees lineup top to bottom. I mean, again, just a bunch of dogs. And again, Astros have some dogs, too. However, some unproven, right? Um, we're about, to, we're about to lose time here, Kyle. So, uh okay. Yes, not Yankees, my pick. All right, I lost the bracket. Thanks for joining, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it, Kyle. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) Love you, Ty.